0: Um, we do have another conversation I want to have about, uh, some of the issues that Canadians are facing when it comes to cost of living, right? And we've, we've covered this. There is some good news out there. I'll, I'll, get to the gas prices story later, but, um, and the problem is what we're taking a look at with, we talk about the economy and how it's having an impact on all Canadians. That's the issue is everybody is affected by this. You take a look at what we talk about inflation. Sure. But we've talked so much about the cost of housing, right? Um, cost of food. Just had a big conversation about that. Um, we're going to get the update later on today from the federal government talking about what the nation's grocers are going to do to make your food bill better. Effective Thanksgiving Sunday. So we'll see what, I'm not holding my breath on that one. I'm really and truly not, but who knows? Maybe I'll be proven wrong. Uh Transportation, price of gas, right? We know what's happened there. So these are the things that you, there's really no escaping. There, there's nowhere to go. It, it affects all of us. Now, it affects all of us differently. For some people, the cost can be absorbed. It's not pleasant, but it can be handled. It can be managed. Uh, for other people, it leads to some really, really difficult decisions or, in some cases, going without, right? I mean, it's it's different for everybody. Um, young Canadians are among the groups in this country that are really feeling it right now. And this is interesting because we talk a lot about the labor shortage that we're facing, right? Record low unemployment, record job vacancies, all these sorts of things. But if you take a look at the unemployment, yeah, it's really low. However, Canadians aged 15 to 24, their unemployment rate is double the national average. Unemployment is a major problem for people in that youngest component of our labor force. And, And that sets them up for tough times in the future, perhaps for life. I don't know. Let's find out. We're going to speak with Laura McDonough, Associate Director at Insights and Knowledge Mobilization at the Future Skills Centre. Laura, thank you for being here. I really appreciate your time. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, A lot of what we're going to talk about started around the pandemic, right? And we all went through that, the upheaval, um, you know, historic upheaval, uh, and we moved through that into recovery. But the youngest members of the labor force, they've had the toughest time, you know, taking part in that recovery, haven't they?
1: Yeah, they absolutely have. Um, they're in this recovery, but we also see, you know, we've seen this before, right? We've seen them uh, when young people come into a recession, into the labor market, they have a longer time period to get caught up again and we call that labor market scarring and we're concerned about that with the pandemic especially.
0: Yeah, explain that to me a bit more if you can. Labor market scarring because you take a look at, hey, we don't have a job that really sucks today. Tomorrow I have a job, it's better. No, there 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 can be lasting effects of this period of difficult employment, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's why we use the term scarring. So what we see is young people who graduate into a recession, they have a hard time getting a job that matches their education and their skill set. And so, you know, maybe they go in and they accept a job that's below what they should be getting. Maybe the wages aren't quite what they, uh, you know, what they should be getting. And that has a longer term impact. They have a harder time in those roles, getting the kind of professional development that's gonna lead them to be able to, you know, continue to climb and progress in their career. And so 10 years on, we can see that those groups of young people who graduated into a recession, they're still suffering the impacts. They haven't moved on in the way that, uh, you know, a a different cohort of young people who are going into a a better economy uh,
0: do. And the conditions that that we're seeing right now, you think are the perfect setup to create labor market scarring?
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Like we've got lots of research evidence supporting this in the past. And we know that, uh, as you mentioned off the top, unemployment is high, young people are struggling. And all of those issues uh, that I heard you mention off the top as well, you know, affordable housing, the rise of gig work, all of these things are working against young people. And so they are really coming into an unprecedented economy relative to past generations.
0: So you've been focused on finding solutions, right? Trying to minimize that damage as much as possible.
1: Yes, absolutely. So future Skills supports uh, different kinds of workforce initiatives across the country and uh, obviously young people are one of the groups that we're concerned about. Um, When we talk about solutions, you know, young people don't get a lot of career support. They don't get career guidance. We know that those uh, services are missing outside unless they're attached to a college or a university. They're not likely getting that high quality guidance that we would uh, hope that they do. And as Future Skills, we support all kinds of different groups, and what we're seeing across all groups, but especially resonance for young people, is people need career guidance throughout their careers. It's not just at the beginning, or it's not just even you know, when they're laid off. We're all going through changes at work, which mean that we need career guidance kind of along our lives, and currently that's not something that's offered to young people. Um, it's also an extremely convoluted and complex training environment you know like any skills or like any ecosystem the skills ecosystem is especially complex and expecting young people to know you know how to navigate that Mm -hmm. without some one-to-one guidance
0: uh, is too much often. And another thing I think that happens if you've been in the workforce for a while, and I see this all the time in my business, people get laid off or they leave one job. They know 30 other people in other media outlets around the province or around the country, and they have that sort of access to opportunity. I think if you're a young person starting out in an industry, you don't have that. You don't have the network available.
1: No, you absolutely don't. And so like a lot of the initiatives that we have focused on, part of, you know, it might not be the primary focus of it, but there's often program elements around building social capital. So making those connections in industries that you're interested in going into, having finding coaches and mentors. And we can see in terms of longer term outcomes that those kinds of programs that build those elements in Those young people are leveraging those connections, you know, months after the program are done, years after the program are done in order to make those pivots and to do that career transition uh, between different roles. And so it's a really important Uh, program element to
0: include. Are we um, not doing a good enough job? Because one of the things that you often hear about, I mean, this is even when I was, you know, starting out is, well, you don't have enough experience. You don't have enough experience. Can we do a better job of incorporating that into the education piece, right? And having people that have some actual hands-on work experience so that's not a barrier,
1: Absolutely. I mean, we talk about work integrated learning as a really important part of the puzzle, right? Um, employers and workforce councils have to think about how do we how do we offer opportunities to young people to get their hands in, to get the experience so that that's not a barrier to them going forward? And more and more employers are looking to that strategy as a way to resolve their current labor. Uh, shortages because everyone's got to get creative. Everybody's looking for people. How do we get people into those roles? Maybe who don't have on day one all of the skills that you're looking for, but being open to teaching and learning along the way with that person and sort of uh, cultivating the employee that you'd like to
0: have. If you're a young person out there and and, and, you know, you're finding yourself in this position and, and like you say, maybe you've just graduated and you've got a degree in a chosen field and it's really tough to try and find a job uh what's the advice where do they start to sort of make sure that they don't end up you know like you say starting 10 years behind where maybe their earlier generation did
1: I think there's, there are programs, or social programs out there that, um, you know, if you are recently atta- from a university or a college, there are career guidance services available to you kind of post-graduation. I think one of the challenges that's highlighted in the report is while we don't have a lot of career guidance options out there, the ones that are out there, people don't know about them, so they're not being taken advantage of. And I would really encourage uh, young people who are, you know, about to graduate or have recently graduated to take advantage of those career guidance services because they can often put you in touch uh, with industry professionals who are going to kind of, you know, create that pathway for you and make those connections that are really going to matter in the long run.
0: Yeah, it's great advice. Uh, Laura, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate your time.